Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Thank you for your patience. You guys want to give it up for Sam? She's going to come up and read the scripture for today. All right. Uh, Hebrews 10, uh, 19 to 24. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but extolling one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let us hold unswervingly, this is a different translation, to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That there is something about community and um, Christian community in particular that we can encourage each other and love each other into hope. Now, I've been through times in my life as a human where it is really hard to come to church, that I have been working in church for a long time um, and pursuing all that God is doing in the Chicago area. Um, and whether it was my sister passing away or losing a job or, you know, all the weights that we carry in the world and we carry it and come to church faithfully. And sometimes it can be a simple thing that doesn't seem as profound as it is. What it means to enter into community and to share our life in community. Crazy. On Monday, three years since the lockdown of the pandemic. Three years. It feels like three days ago. <laughs> That everybody was getting crazy over a uh, toilet paper. <laughs> Little did we know that <laughs> the apocalypse would be precipitated by a run on TP. <laughs> um, but all those things, like even during that time where we couldn't assemble, assemble together. And this is scripture saying, um, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. 
We couldn't come together, assemble to worship Jesus. We couldn't even lay hands on each other without feeling like, oh, oh, I don't know if he could do that. These are the hallmarks of our faith together that we wouldn't forsake community and be together and continue to walk. Because what happens when we leave community? When we leave community, then we lose encouragement a lot of times. And I love to think that encouragement is the gas that we need in our tank. It is for us to join together and understand that God is still doing stuff and moving things together. It is all gas. If anybody has ever been a lot of black, around a lot of black folks and somebody starts dancing and everybody goes, hey, 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 it's gas. Because everybody starts, you start thinking you can dance. You're like, oh, wow. yeah, amazing. All right. <laughs> and you can't dance, but it's just the people around you encouraging you and spurring you on to good deeds. So I'm just taking this scripture and making it a little more palatable for us nowadays, what that means. That we would gather each other, that we're, oh, somebody had a baby or somebody is going through a hard time. Let's gather around them. Let's pray for them. Let's encourage them and spur them on to good deeds. How we are so surprised when we leave a community and we don't have any of those things. And the enemy really thrives on that. He really thrives on our isolation and our separation that we can't be encouraged in the Lord. I know the institutional church has had some better stretch of days than of recent, <laughs> much better. But God, his plan to reach the people of this world is through the ministry of Jesus Christ in the local church. And this is why I'm here, because there's that focus of that community. That's not the focus of every community. Maybe the focus of community is polar plunging or, you know what I'm saying, rock climbing or some other activity. But here we know Jesus is the very center. And just like our marriage and our family, whatever you build around Jesus is unshakable. It cannot be taken out no matter how much the winds blow and the storms may beat against it because we have this foundation that is in Christ, then it lasts forever. It's not about the race being given to the swift or the strong, but to he who endures to the end. Our endurance is only based on our firmness of our foundation that's found in Jesus Christ. And communities that are built around him are destined to last and destined to thrive. That this is how we become, get gas in our tank to remember the promises that God has spoken to us. At seem we're very far from it. You know, you're like, God, I mean, uh, I can't really think about scripture sometimes in Abraham being told at 75 that he would bear a child at 75 and then waking up every day for 25 years, is this the day? Is this the day? Is this the day that's going to happen? But you know what happens when you share your promises with people? You have people around you who get to remind you of it too. It's called accountability. <laughs> they go, Hey, man, have you had that kid yet? No, 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 not today. You know, next Thursday. What about, is she pregnant yet? No, 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 the next Thursday after. Is she pregnant yet? That I heard someone once say that accountability is not about whether or not you're smoking, but whether or not you're on fire. 
whether or not you are remembering and holding up these promises that God has given us. And that's why in this environment, when we speak encouraging words, I'm going to do a little bit of that at the end. When we speak encouraging words that people, we all hear them and we go, oh, man, we get to encourage each other in that. For years, that's what me and my wife did. We just, whenever we got a prophetic word from somebody, we would take a phrase from it. And that phrase, we would speak over and over again as a promise when it didn't look like it was going to happen. When we're in this place right down here on Division, it's called Bubble Land. It's the uh, laundry, it's a laundromat. And we're taking all of our three kids' clothes, we're dragging them over there in the snow and the rain and stuff, and somebody gave us a prophetic word. They're like, you're going to have pizza room. We're like, first of all, what does that mean? (laughs) Second of all, it just sounds like you're going to have room to host people. That small apartment that we lived on on the other side of Humble Park we didn't have enough room to host people and make pizza and do all that, which is now we do very frequently. But in those days when it's like we're, you know, packing the stuff in a car and moving out, we would just be like, pizza room, pizza room, honey, it's going to have pizza room. You're remembering those things. And I'm sure Abraham had those around him. Remember, remember that promise. Remember what God says. Because if we endure to the end and hold on to his promises, we will see the glory of God coming. I know it feels like we are always on the precipice of destruction, right? (laughs) What is that? That's the fear of the enemy, right? This is it, man. Look, I told you the promise wasn't going to happen. You probably should just really turn your back on that seed that God planted in your heart. He planted that seed in your heart for a reason. And the enemy is like, eh, quit watering that. It's not going to grow anymore. You you should really turn your back on it. That's why it's important for us to come and join with each other who can say, you better not turn around. (laughs) Because it was just about to break through the soil. It was just about to come to fruition, all those things that God has put in your heart. And I know you're wondering, like, man, this is a... All right, you're making this very abstract as I can do. I'm an abstract painter and artist, so you know what I'm saying? I can make things very abstract. <laughs> what is a promise? A promise is anything that, that has been on your heart for more than three weeks. <laughs> you're like, well, I don't know. That sounds a little like it's, it's too much latitude in that, right? <laughs> but if we are purely walking before the Lord and humbly considering him, When he places something on our heart that lasts and lasts, and I ain't even talking about something that's been there one year, two years, three years, that is a promise that we get to hold on to and say, God, you've given us this wonderful, blessed community to walk with you. How are your promises coming to fruition through us? I don't want to be anywhere that's there, whatever the destination may be, and ain't nobody with me. The self-made man, the self-made woman is a myth. It doesn't exist. Even if you manage to build this whole business by yourself, relatively, with no investors, you you still had customers. You still had people who joined around you and believed in whatever was in your heart. I don't want to go wherever I'm going without community, without family, without us 
being together. That sticking close to Christian community has kept me from being around a lot of naysayers. You know naysayers. They're the ones that you have this thing you, you really love, right? And you share it with them. They're like, brother, that ain't happening. Uh, you, let me tell you about all the reasons it's not going to happen. You know what? It sounds like you've been disappointed before. And adults do that so many times to little kids. Kid has a superfluous thing. They wanted, I want to be an astronaut. Man, you know, you got to go to a lot of school. Okay, that, that probably shouldn't be the first thing you tell them. First thing you tell them should be, that is an amazing, wonderful dream. Tell me more about it. But our minds kick in sometimes, and we can only remember from the past how hard it was. But here, maybe we can join with a company of people who remember and believe the goodness of God. In Acts 2, at the end of Acts 2, they had been waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And Jesus said, I'm leaving, and I'm going to leave you with a comforter, and he's going to lead and guide you into all truth. And this was the end of that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. There is still, in, in my opinion, this is when community was really created because it was gathered around one who exists eternally. God told David, I'm going to establish your throne and it's going to be established for all time. And here are these believers and that is the same establishment that's happening. That they were devoted to community all the believers were together and had everything in common. Devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Oh, man. It's like all the F's that happen. You know when you get together as a, as a Christian? Friendship, fellowship, food, fun, frenzy. You know, it's, it's all good stuff that happens when you're together. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I went and played basketball, and it was in a church. I'm like, I just love playing back. I just love being in church. What else can I do here? This is awesome. Um, and even as a church is not specifically a building and a location, but it is a people who are following Christ, that our foundation is firm because it's built on him. Any foundation on me will be shaky at best, as if sometimes I go up and down, but Jesus is always in the midst believing the best about us, that it can't be duplicated, that we can look at disappointment or we can look at fear and anxiety and think it means we're messed up, think it means that our faith is not deep enough, but our return from disappointment is God making our faith ours. That sometimes, you know, I'm walking around with the faith of my parents or the faith of someone else who I really love and trust. And when we come back from being disappointed, that it begins to 
change that in us. That we would be a people who love each other and love God. That he is a God who consistently goes first. Consistently reaches out first his hand. He gave his son. He's always initiating that if only we would I was going to say take the bait. (laughs) If only we would reciprocate the love. But that doesn't determine the intensity and passion of the love. Even without reciprocation, he is still reaching out to us. My prayer for us is that we would be a people who love with our whole hearts. Last week was us hungering for passion and the the human um, tendency to really desire that, just like community passion and community. There are things that we really desire, but what is the obstacle between that and us? Very often it is internal, born of disappointment, of when we put our whole heart out there and we're hurt. We go, I'm going to do half next time. And we're hungering for a community and then we're hurt. We go, I'm going to do about half a community next time because I was hurt. But it was the way that we are called to live. Proverbs 4.23, keep diligent watch over your heart because from it flow all of the issues of life. All of the issues of life come from our hearts. So that means I'm half invested in life if half of my heart is given. If I'm not aware of even a fence that's been planted in my heart, then how can I move and love people passionately? This is a moment in Scripture where Jesus calls his disciples to follow him. And I love in Luke is an example of his extremely detailed storytelling. In Mark, All it said was, Jesus saw them washing their nets and said, follow me. Luke fills in some of the blanks for us, exactly what happened before Jesus said, follow me. And one day as Jesus was standing standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners and the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you are fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. The difficulty about community is that we have to follow. That's very 
hard in a world that is convincing us of the power of our individuality and our individual um, strength and power that we have. That I love about this story is that Jesus, they were tired. They had been at there all day trying to make things work. And Jesus gave them one word, and as such, they brought in a net. And I'm sure it was more than they were expecting to catch that day. It goes back to the promises that God has given us. And our strength is sapped, Lord. I can't do it anymore. He's like, other side of the boat. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. I, I just don't feel the power. I don't feel the, the um, encouragement. I don't feel that, God. And Jesus is like, just follow me. Literally, the fishermen who are in this story, their names translated means God gives grace to one who follows. Andrew, Simon, Andrew is not mentioned in this passage, but he's there. James and John, that God gives grace to us when we follow. That there is a love and a grace and a power to accomplish what we never thought possible when we follow Christ. And like Paul, I say, do not hesitate to follow me as I follow Jesus. The only reason that I am here is because I follow Jesus with all of my heart. And I know we're straining at the nets, right? We're giving all of our energy to this. We're trying to make the church grow. We're trying to get people to come back. We're trying to connect with folks. We're trying to do all these things. And it's like, oh, man, we're straining at the nets. And God is like, just try the other side of that boat. And just like the story I tell sometimes when I would lose something in my house and I didn't know where it was. Mom, where is it? I don't know. I can't find it. I've been looking for it forever. She comes right in and goes, oh, there it is. There's something about Jesus entering our situation with an utter lack of fear and anxiety that can speak a direct word that we can't see because we are so busy trying to outrun fear and anxiety. This is why it's so important for us to be open in community and open to Jesus because then he can come in with a word that will just knock your socks off. Like throw that net to the other side. Why? Because God gives grace to the one who follows. That when we are all together following Jesus, there's something about it. Now, this is a chart of apples. Apples are amazing. I'm sure you all agree with me. If I had to eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be applesauce. You thought I was going to say apples. No. Applesauce. Mushed up apples. <laughs> the same thing that I ate when I was a kid. What is so crazy is that all of these apples and all of these varieties come from the same seed. You ever wonder you eat an apple and all the seeds look exactly the same because they all come from the same seed? Apparently what happens, I heard this from a guy at an apple orchard, is when they get to a certain age, you graft in the branch that you want them to become. So if you want it to become a gala apple, 
you take a gala branch and you graft it in to the growing apple tree. And then, of course, it needs to be pollinated and things like that. But that's how you get all the different varieties from the same seed. So also, as we grow in our diversity and the beauty of who God has made us to be, we have all been born from the seed of the gospel together. And as such, it all equals some tasty applesauce. (laughs) I will stand in an orchard and marvel at what God has done. That here I am in this orchard with millions of apples, thousands of apples, in one place on earth, and it is a pen of a dot compared to what he has made with his word that has gone out. But yet and still, he decides for us to walk together. Jesus, following him, is knowing that we are from the same seed, and he's always telling us, just one more time, just one more time. At the end of that passage that I read in Acts, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That if we take this part, separated from the previous passage, we go, oh, that's all we need to uh, be a part of community, right? As long as people are eating (laughs) and they're glad, that's what community is, which we love to do in Chicago. You bet not have a meeting without no food. People, <laughs> are you okay? Are you feeling, are you sick or something? What's, where's the food at? <laughs> but every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That last sentence is the promise that God has shown me. And you know, the thing about God is he, uh, he gives you a promise and then goes, all right, go. <laughs> You're like, all right, uh, how do I get from here to there? I believe this is what you're going to do. There's going to be an influx of people coming to church um, who have been far away from you, who needs you, who need community. Father, how do I posture myself in the midst of it. It is by being united with each other. By us loving the heck out of each other so that when people do come in, they will be able to feel and experience the reason that Jesus died for us. What is the reason that he died for us? Is that we would be one with the Father just as he is one with the Father. Unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard. 
down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Why do, when we are feeling bad, we want to go away? No, no, come closer. Like, ah, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not going to go to church. That's when you need to go. Ah, man, I'm just going to like sit in my, you know, whatever it may be. Instead of showing my face so that I can be encouraged and loved into wholeness and into who God has called us to be. This spirit of God is the glue that holds us all together. And as I mentioned before, us navigating disappointment is literally about 80% of the Christian life. What do we do when things don't work out the way that we thought they were, they would, or the way that God promised us? What do we do with that? And I don't think we ever go, well, God, it wasn't your, it wasn't your desire. See, I knew that was wrong. I wasted all that time believing you. (laughs) Instead of understanding that he is always moving us toward goodness, even though it doesn't look good to us. There's a saying that God is good all the time. It's like, "Ah, brother, I don't know about that saying. (laughs) Because it doesn't always look good. It doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it's disappointment. There's Aesop's fable of the fox going through the forest. You know what I'm saying? He's walking along. Foxes are sly, so it's probably like a, you know, a walk like this. And he sees some grapes, and he tries to jump and grab the grapes, and he jumps and grabs the grapes, and he jumps, tries to jump and grab the grapes, and he can't. And he goes, ah, it's okay. They're probably sour grapes anyway. But sometimes... The thing that we can't reach, we're disappointed. We go, God didn't really want to give that to me anyway. It wasn't something I really, I didn't, I didn't want it that bad. That community is a place where we can encourage each other to give all that we have. You guys want to stand up?